Hey, this is Scott Taylor. I am so glad that you have joined us. I'm the pastor of Turning Point Church, and we would love to connect with you. You can connect with us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at TPCGVL, or you could text the word CONNECT to 864-479-4483. We've got a word for you today that I hope challenges you and inspires you. It starts with you. So this is what we started talking about last week. And we, we're going to do a quick little series this month for, for this week and next. And we're just going to talk about our responsibility to God's body, to, to the body of Christ. And I think that's important. And it's January. And in January, we think a lot about starting. And we think a lot about changing. And we think a lot about doing new things. And, and, and that's good. It's a good thing. But... A lot of times in January, what most people do is they make commitments, they make resolutions, right, to better themselves, and they make commitments to do things. And so a lot of times those commitments are about our body, right? We want to lose weight, we want to get in shape, we're going to start eating right, we're going to start you know, managing our finances, we're going to get out of debt, we're going to do, the list is pretty long, and if you made one, it's uh, January 21st, you've probably given up on about half of them, or most of them, or all of them by now, because they typically don't last to February, but what we want to do through this is we want to show you that the body of Christ matters. It matters. And last week, we began talking about the fact that it starts with you and your commitment and you, you are part of the body of Christ and that you are part of and you have a responsibility for and you have a responsibility to his church, his body. And that's so, so very important. I realize that we live in 2024, and I'm going to try not to be sarcastic here. And I realize that in 2024, there's, there's a, a, a condition or a sickness or a something that we can blame all the things that we do on, right? But I'm just here to tell you that you're still accountable and responsible for your actions, and there are consequences to those actions, okay? And I'm not trying to belittle if you have a condition or you have something that you cannot control and it's beyond your control and, and, and you have to fight through that and that causes, but you're still responsible, Okay? And so today, what I want to do, last week we talked about your part of the body of Christ, and we made some people uncomfortable last week, and, and, and that's okay, and, and we got to have real conversations, but don't worry, today I'm going to make you more uncomfortable, because today we're going to talk about tithing. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we're talking about tithing today. I brought a friend today. What are you doing? Hang on. I've been doing this long enough to know that anytime you talk about tithing, anytime you talk about giving, there are some things that pops up in people's mind. People automatically get defensive. It's amazing how defensive people get. People get defensive and you, here we go again. Church is always asking for money. Preacher just trying to get paid. You know, that whole thing. I get it. Why do we have to bring money to the church? Aren't we supposed to be about 
out there. Aren't we supposed to be about giving people and, and serving people and doing all? Yes, we are. And that's part of bringing the tithe to the church, to the storehouse. Or maybe it's not even a thing like that. Maybe what it is, is you're thinking, oh man, have you seen the prices of groceries lately? Yeah. Like you can't go to the store, grocery store, for less than 40 bucks now. Like you might as well give them $40 when you walk in the door. And, you, and for $40, you might get two little bags of groceries if you buy a gallon of milk and put your milk in a bag, right? Like that's the reason you're going to have two bags of groceries because it is, it is expensive. And maybe your mindset is that giving and paying the tithe and bringing the tithe to God is just another bill that you have to pay. But what if I told you that tithing is not a budget issue. That tithing is not a checkbook issue. That tithing is not a bank account issue. That tithing is not a financial issue. It's actually a heart issue. It's a trust issue. And so today what I'm not going to do, so let me be clear right off the bat, what I'm going to do today is what I'm not going to do rather is I'm not going to make you feel guilty. I'm not going to give you illustrations and tug at your heartstrings and, and we're going to ask for a big offering at the end. We're not going to do any of that. But what I am going to do is we're going to talk about what Jesus said about tithing and about bringing and about giving. So we're going to go there, all right? If you are going to go all in for Jesus... Your money is included in that. So we'll just get that off the bat. If you're going to go in, if you're going to go all in for Jesus, I'm sorry, and I hate to tell you this, to be the bearer of bad news, but your money is included. We talk about your time, your treasure, and your talent. And those are things that are important to God. Those are things that we can bring to God. Those are things that we want to dedicate to God. Because if you think about it, your time, that's the one thing they're not making more of. Right? Like that doesn't happen anymore. Is this year leap year? We get an extra hour this year. So that's good, I guess. Right? So, but they're not making any more time. Your talent is what it is. I mean, you are gifted in a certain way, and that's what we're going to talk about next is, but you are gifted in a certain way to do certain things. I am not gifted. I am not a singing preacher, okay? And I realize and I know very well that that is not in my wheelhouse. That is not in my giftings. But what God has called me to do, I'm trying to do to the best of my ability, and I'm trying to dedicate those things to God. But your treasure also is very important. And being part of the family of God, being part of the body of Christ, your time, your treasure, and your talent, I'm going to use a word here, and I don't want anybody to freak out. But your time, your treasure, and your talent is what is required of you. Like you're responsible to and for the body of Christ. Because I am convinced, 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 and no one will ever be able to change my mind, that the local church, part of the global church, is the hope of the world. 
We are responsible for sharing and spreading the gospel. We are responsible for that. And in 2024, it's January, third weekend, if you're going to care, if you're going to go all in for God, if you're going to make that change, get Michael Jackson out of your head, if you're going to make that change, you have to go all in for Jesus. And if you're going to go all in for Jesus, your money's part of that. And we're going to talk about that today, and and I'm not going to belabor, I'm not even going to talk about Malachi 3.10, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about what Jesus said. So in Matthew chapter 6, we're in the middle right here of of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, what he did is he, part of what he was doing is he was trying to establish who we are supposed to be and how we are supposed to be it, what we are supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it. And he was contrasting and really he was confronting the Pharisees and their way of doing things. Their way of doing things was really for show. I had a conversation this week with a man, and, and he told me, he said, I'm not a very religious person. When people find out what I do, you know, that's always typically what comes up. I'm not a very religious person. I said, yeah, me either. He goes, huh? I thought if you're going to be a, a preacher, you have to be religious. I said, no, I'm not religious. I said, my relationship with God is great, but I'm not a religious person because I don't really go through the motions. Oh, okay, well. I'm agnostic, and I, that's kind of where I live, and I grew up Catholic, and I, and he started telling me the story. You know what I did? I pulled up my Bible, and I thumped him upside the head. No, I didn't do that. You know what I did? I looked at him, and I said, hey, man, that's, that's great that you're searching, and that's great that you're, you're trying to find the way. And I said, but keep an open mind. Let's have coffee sometime. Okay. And what Jesus was doing is he was showing the Pharisees that your religious way, that your way of doing things for show, when you fast, you know, you're looking all hungry and you're, you're, not, you're not sprucing yourself up, you're looking tired and, and you're doing all the things. And when you pray, it's not about using eloquent words, you don't have to worry about that with me, you know, but you're not using eloquent words and you're not speaking loudly and you're not making sure that everybody's listening and watching me. He's confronting that way of thinking. And the problem that we're having in the church, and we've had this for a long time, but the problem we're having in the church is people want to appear to be spiritual. They want to appear to be religious. They want to appear that God is blessing their life. Because that was the other thing about the Pharisees, by the way. The Pharisees thought that Rich, good living, having a lot of wealth, having a lot of money, having a lot of things showed God's blessing. I won't talk about TV preachers here, okay? But the idea of tithing isn't about the amount that you give. Tithing literally means a tenth a tenth of and so it's bringing to God a tenth of what is already his and it's recognizing God's rightful place in your life that he's first this is how Jesus put it this is how he described it 
And in the Sermon on the Mount, so he's preaching and he says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21, you've heard this before, right? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think it's interesting that Jesus worded this sentence this way. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. You would think it would be the other way around. But that's not the words that Jesus chose. And Jesus chose these words on purpose. The things that you treasure matter. Jesus exposes the difference between what people see and your true motivation. Remember we talked about the Pharisees just a second ago? Like they wanted to appear religious. They wanted to appear very spiritual. So they would pray. And when they would give, you know, they would... When, when they would fast, they wanted everybody to see. That was their action. That was what people saw. But Jesus saw beneath that. When God the Father chose David to be king, what did he say? I'm going to choose you because you're the most qualified, the most educated, the tallest, the best looking, the strongest, the greatest warrior, the great. No, no, no. He said man looks at all that stuff. But God... He looks at what's in the heart. And in your heart is what matters most to God. So if we're talking about tithing, we're talking about giving that 10%. It's putting God in his rightful place. What's his? You give the first fruit, all of that. But listen to me. Please hear what I'm about to say. What God wants from you is not a dollar amount. Yes, he asked for the tithe, for the, for the tithe, the tenth. But it's not about the dollar amount. It's about the heart. It's about worship to God. I have already established that I can't sing, right? But when we're worshiping and I'm singing out to God, I'm probably off key. And Randy Jackson would say, I'm pitchy. Or I'm off pitch, right? American Idol? Anybody? I mean, but God hears my heart. God doesn't hear my voice. God doesn't hear what's coming out, the sound. He hears worship to Him. And when we bring, God sees worship. I want you to grasp that today. Because tithing is not a financial issue. Tithing is not a budget issue. It's a heart issue. It's a matter of the heart. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also had all these things, and they derided him. So when Jesus is teaching, this is, this is in Luke, but when Jesus is teaching on, on principles of the kingdom, Jesus is teaching on putting God first. The Pharisees believed that having more stuff and having more money and being rich and all of that showed God's blessing. And Jesus sort of, he totally turned that around. And when they heard these things, they just scoffed at him. They, 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 <laughs> they, they just tuned him out. They dismissed him. 
which is what some of you may be doing to me right now. Right? Because we're talking about money. I, I know how this goes. I know how this thing works. But what Jesus is trying to tell us is the heart of the matter. Jesus exposes the heart. Jesus exposes what's going on in here. It's not a budget issue. It's not a financial issue. It's a heart issue. And whatever you focus on dictates your actions. Like you've heard me say that what you focus on gets magnified, right? Like, how many of you know people that just get on that one little detail and they just, they can't get off that one little detail? Had a conversation this week about focusing on what's not versus focusing on what is. I get tired of having to do other people's job. Anybody with me? Right? Like, I called the doctor this week. I needed a prescription refill. I needed a... And it's like, why do I have to keep calling you back to do your job so I can get what I need? Right? Like, you get tired of doing other people's job. But listen to me. I can focus on that and I can let that get me irritated and I can let that get me frustrated and I can let that, oh, I'm going to change doctors. I can let that happen, right? Because there are consequences. Or I can just focus on what needs to be done and move on. And whatever you focus on dictates your actions because if I would have got derailed by the lights today, and in my past I would have got derailed by the lights today, man, I'd be fussing right now. Right? But that's not our focus. Our focus is on Jesus. Our focus is on what God has done. Our focus is on being grateful. Our focus is on being thankful for all that he has done for us. So what is your treasure? Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your treasure is anything you value above all else. And your actions follow your treasure. Treasure motivates you to action. I know people who are motivated by the Clemson Tiger football team. And they are faithful nine months out of the year. But when it's football season, all else falls away. All else takes second place. All else is all else because this is the thing I've only got five or six games at home. I've only got seven games to be able to go to. But you also go to four away games. You also, yeah, 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 we get it, right? And I love football. I love to watch football. But you can't say that other things are your treasure when all else takes a back seat to the one thing that is. Your treasure motivates you to action. It shows the true intention because your heart follows your treasure. Is this okay today? Your heart follows your treasure. I want you to understand that. Please understand I'm not beating you up. Please understand I'm not trying to pull something from you. I really, really mean what I'm about to say. We want something for you. And the people that are in the room that are faithful and loyal tithers, or amen in me right now. 
Because they know that God's blessing follows our heart. What you value most is revealed by your actions. All right, we've established that. So let's look at what else Jesus was saying in in Luke chapter 12. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. We'll just let that settle in. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, look, I know there's a lot of things to worry about, and I realize that you have to live, and I realize that you have to eat, and I realize that you have to put clothes on, and I realize that you have to do all the things you have to do in order to survive and live and be. I get that. Jesus is saying he understands, and that's why it's great that we have a Savior that walked the face of this earth. He grew up from a baby to a man. He experienced all that we experience. You say, but he didn't have the internet. Well, he didn't have the internet, but he didn't have the internet, so he could get by with more. For those of us that remember life before internet and cameras and all that, you could get by with more, right? He experienced all that we experienced, and this is Jesus. This is 100% man, 100% God telling you this. This is the word of God coming to you. Listen, don't worry about your life and what you will eat, what you will wear. Don't worry about it. You know why you don't have to worry about it? Because you've got to consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap, which have neither a storehouse or a barn, and God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? Think about that. How much more does God value, love, and care for you than he does a bird? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If then, if you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Like, why are you worrying about it? Because really and truly, you're not in control. And when you're trusting God, which is the whole point, he'll come through. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So even the richest man with the, with the best stuff, could not compare to the beauty of God's creation. If then God so clothes the grass, think about that. It's quite a statement. If then God so clothes the the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. And that right there is a statement. Like, let me put this in Scott terms. The details matter, but God decorates the ground with flowers. And if he does that, why are you worried about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear? Because what it comes down to, the bottom line is faith. And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have anxious mind. 
Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Pray. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you need these things. I put that in blue because I think that's really important. Can I say it a different way? God knows what you need. God knows what you need. Now, my mom used to have a conversation with me, and I've had it with both of my boys as they have grown up. And I would come to my mom, and I would say, Mom, I need a new toy. Mom, I need. And there's a big difference between need and wants. I would tell my boys, need's an awful big word. Better be careful. God knows what you need. You know what you want. And those two things may not always match. And that frustrates the snot out of us sometimes. But it's about trusting God for what you need, and He will give you more than you can want. That's the part I wish people would understand. Is putting God first in the areas of your time, your treasure, and your talent shows God that He's number one, that you're trusting Him for what you need, and listen to this, it will change what you want. Promise it will. You won't desire the same things. You'll just start desiring what God desires. Your Father knows what you need, but seek the kingdom of God. And look, all these things shall be added to you. If you'll just seek God first, all the things, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, all the things will be added to you. And who does the adding? God. But God's math is not addition. God's math is multiplication. And you might be saying, yeah, but, because there's always a yeah, but in sermons. Yeah, but I know I should. And those things you said earlier about preacher getting paid, church always asking for money. I don't know what you're doing with the money. I got to see the balance sheet. I got to see every little penny that goes. We'll trade. How about that? That's what I thought. And you say, the big one is usually, yeah, and it's worded in different ways, but it's usually... Yeah, but that's just another bill I have to pay. That's the wrong look. It's the wrong outlook, y'all. And maybe you have more month than money. Maybe you are a little bit like me and, and you just, if, if the number in the checking account gets below a certain figure, you're just like, just makes you twitch and makes you nervous and makes you wonder and makes you, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, right? Like maybe you get anxious about stuff. But Jesus had a word for that. Luke 12, 22. Well, 32 through 34. Do not fear, little flock, 
For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Remember what we read a second ago? That if you'll seek the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added to you. This is not my personal advice to you right now. Sell what you have. Give alms. Provide yourself money bags which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. Here it is again. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And what Jesus is trying to tell us is your God knows what you need. And it's God's pleasure to give you more than you want, to give you more than you need. But your wants change when you put them in the right perspective. Sonia and I made a decision years ago, I mean, double-digit years ago, that we didn't want to just be faithful with the tithe. We wanted to be generous with our, our income. And I want to reassure you that it's not about the income you make. It's not about the amount you give. Like we have people whose income is here and we have people whose income is here. And it's not about does your dollar match. It's about what's in here. And in the Old Testament, when God required of his people to bring the tithe it was the first fruit the firstborn the best of the flock right and they had to bring that to God and so Sonia and I made the decision that we were going to give the first so it was going to be the first off the top if we were to get a stack of money and that's where we got paid the top 10 percent the first 10 percent went to God in his storehouse Giving the first fruit back reminds you that God is the reason you have anything to begin with. Like the stack is God's. I'm going to give God the first because that takes the most faith because giving him the leftover doesn't. But God, I'm going to give you the first because that takes the most faith. And I'm going to show you that you are most important to me. My dad uh, and mom are very generous people. My dad would give you anything. My dad would have something that was the most important thing to him. Maybe it was something from his father or maybe it was something from his grandfather. And you would come in or I would come in, not you, but me. I would come in and I would say something about that. And he would say, well, just take it. Well, you can have it. Sisters, same way. She would come in. The grandkids, same way. They would come in and they'd make a comment. Well, you can have it take it and so I have things you guys know my father passed away recently and and I have things that are from my dad that he would just go you know we'll take it you can have it and if I were to put all my stuff in a room and we were just to pile it right here and I were to have the things that were the most important to me in the middle closest to me 
And no matter how close you and I are or how much you think I like you or don't think I like you or you think I love you or don't think you, right? No matter what you think of our relationship, maybe you think we're, we're tight and we're close and we might be, there are going to be certain things that are in my life that are possessions. I'm not a real super sentimental guy, but there are some things that I am sentimental about where I'm going to say I love you, but you can't have that because that's reserved for either Ryan or Reese. And I don't want you to be offended, but you might be. Maybe you say, well, I thought we were close. I thought we were cool. I was in the army. Maybe you were in the army. I was in the army. We'd love to have that army thing. Well, you you could. You could buy your own if you can, but that one is reserved for Ryan and Reese. And here's what I'm trying to say. Those things that are most important to me, those possessions that are most important to me, are reserved for the people most important to me. No offense, but they are. I lay my life down for my, for my family. And that's what God's trying to say. The things that are most important to you, you give to the people that are most important to you. And when you have your treasure, where you put that shows what's most important to you. Is God in the equation? It's my last question. So why do we tithe? We tithe because it shows God that what's most important to us and he's most important to us. That's why. Bottom line. Amen? It's the heart of the matter. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Here's my very simple challenge to you today. I always like to give an action step. I always like to give, okay, here's where we are make a right turn or make a left turn or take a step forward, whatever. There's always a next step for you. So maybe you're in the room today and you're like, I don't give it all. Okay. But I want to please God and I don't think I can start at 10%. Then start somewhere. I'm going to say what I've said a thousand times in, in this church. Don't let the start stop you. Start. Maybe you're I, you know, I've worked my way up. I give about 5% most of the time. Okay. But why don't you start by giving 5% all the time and work to getting. Or maybe you're, I give occasionally. Why don't you start giving consistently? Here's another challenge. And this is the easiest one to sell, by the way. I give 10% every time then you know what God's blessing is and you know God's provision and you know how God has blessed you, then start giving out of the extra because you're bringing the tithe, now start giving the offering. And again, I don't want this from you. I see my heart. I want this for you. For some of you, it's your next step in your discipleship and your walk with Jesus. Because you can't go all in and not include 
your money. If this is your first time, we don't really talk about money a whole lot here. God provides. But I would just tell you this, that it needs to be on your radar. It needs to be something you pray about. And so what I would do is just end it this way. If I'm not going to ask you to give, I'm just going to ask you, God, I'm going to ask you to ask God about giving and give what he tells you to. And if God says, don't give a thing, okay. Just be sure about that. That's all. Heavenly Father, Lord, help us that we would obey, please, and worship you. God, not only with our words, not only with our hands, not only with song, but help us to please obey and worship you with our life. And God, I just pray, Lord, for your blessings. And here's what I mean by that. God, I pray that you would give us the things that matter most to you and you want us to have in your life, in our life, God. Just move. Give us the favor, your favor. Give us direction. And God, help us help our life to please you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for being here today. I just want to invite you back next week. Come back next week. We got next steps next week. If you haven't signed up for that, please do so. Have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday.